Yeah, hey guys, welcome back to Talking with Sway. And you know, I always give this long spiel before I start the podcast and all that, but it's like I do, I like doing the podcast, although I haven't had an episode since last year, but it just feels like the big thing missing in my life currently is consistency, and I. I I do want to find that consistency in my life because I feel like as long as I'm consistent, I feel like I could prosper much more than how I am doing right now. I am happy, nice job, great relationship. But I just feel like in order to take that next step in my life, consistency is the one thing missing. And I feel like with consistency... That will allow me to succeed or just do better how I would like to instead of just, you know, oh, man, yeah, I'm going to do better, but not doing better. So I think um, let's start. And I've also noticed um, in the previous podcast, all I've been doing is just going off other people's ideas. But I think a a good change to that would, you know, going on topics that I personally like, you know, things that I've noticed or things that I think are like there, there would be a discussion to talk about. And the one discussion I will that I want to talk about today is how early athletes get named stars whether it's baseball, football, basketball, tennis, any sport, I feel like it's always it's always um they see a player shining. I I'll, I'll personally speak for the sport I know best and that is baseball. So let's um like Oh, you see plenty of players. I've seen plenty of players, especially now in this current generation, that are playing one season, half a season, less than a hundred games, and they're already being classified into stars. But it's not translating into that second season. It, it and it's just, and I just feel like it's not a blast in the pan. Yes, these players are good, but they aren't stars, and I feel like that is the one main like differentiator that we should be making yes a player can be good but they're not a star like Julio Rodriguez people love him yes on face of the franchise for the Seattle Mariners you know the one that will revive the Mariners that bring them back into glory um ah they got out of their playoff drought people are saying oh it was Julio but like that'll be a discussion that I'll talk about later in the episode but like that, just that. Yes, it's. I understand. Oh, the star effect brings eyes, but it's like any player doing good for that team. It, if they were to replace him, like it would bring the same effect, especially if they were a rookie. But I just feel like people take that too much into stock, and they just say like, "Oh man, yes, he's the next big thing," but like, is he? Like, yes, he has all the tools and everything, but it just feels like, I I don't know, like, 
yeah, he has that what people say it factor, but he's just a great play. He just a, he's not even a great player. He last season he was a great player. This he continuing on into this season he's a subpar player. So it's it's just coming into a thing like when when is it that when is it when is it that people can consider somebody a star and honestly i do think just how a lot of people say oh going three times through the the lineup for a starting pitcher i feel like 3 years throughout going against all these teams especially with the mixed schedule right now where everyone's facing everybody i feel like this is the biggest test for a player because you're facing every team. You're facing almost every pitcher. It's no longer, oh, AL has stronger pitchers. NL has stronger pitchers. Guess what? Everybody's facing these pitchers at least once. So it just comes to the, the to the discussion like, in those three years, if they remain consistent enough to be a star and not just one year or, oh my gosh, they're doing really good. And I understand that's the beginning of the season. But people act like it doesn't matter how the beginning of the season goes. But it's like, when you end off a great season, and you're doing extremely bad now, that doesn't bode well. So, if considering, so if a rookie, so if Julio Rodriguez can be still considered a star because of what he did last season, and his struggles right now don't mean nothing, then... I just feel like it's kind of hypocritical because, like, if it were any other established star, like, let's just say Aaron Judge did horrible for these first two, three months, then that, that would, people would be like, oh my gosh, last year was just luck, last year was just this, but it's, it's like, I feel like you got to keep that standard with everybody. It can't be like, oh man, this person's going, this person, this, this, and that, like, or is going through this, or oh man, they're just adjusting, but it's like, they, they played all last year. And there's even some people. I'm I'm a Yankees fan. But Anthony Volpe. How they were raising him. You know as the next is Derek Jeter. And it just feels like they're rushing that establishment. To give the team some type of morale. And with him. I feel like it was the opposite. For the first like week or two. Like he had the defense. He had the base stealing. He had I I'd say first month he had the defense. He had the base stealing, subpar bat, but he had those shining moments that inflate his stats. But you just feel it comes to a point where you have to know is they rushed Anthony Volpe, and they truly wanted him to be that star factor. But at point, you have to realize bringing a player up or bringing a player into the lineup or keeping a player in the lineup is not the most beneficial thing. Because one thing I saw was somebody who I think was called a star early and is now in a, is turning into an established star is Ronald Acuna. Out of Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, and Ronald Acuna, I feel like Ronald Acuna... Is the most consistent and I overall the best player. Because he has defense. He has speed on the bases. He has a great bat. Like, he, and he is in 
the front running for MVP. So it just and then when comparing him to the other players, Juan Soto has been struggling since he came to San Diego. Now he's starting to heat up, and now people are like, "Oh man, he's back to Juan Soto." But it's like Juan Soto played for the Washington Nationals, and people are saying, "Oh man, like his OPS is always high, his on base," and it's like. His on-base percentage inflates his stats so much that it's ridiculous. I understand that's a great on-base percentage, but how can you be called a pure hitter talking about, oh, man, he's one of the best hitters in the game? And what's raising up your stats is on-base percentage. I understand that his slugging is good, and it has not been good so far, but it, it just it's just kind of baffling. For people to consider him, and and then they'll say, "Oh man, but he doesn't get stuff to hit." And it's like, if he doesn't get anything to hit, his average should be better since he has such a great eye, great eye, and his on base percentage is always good, because I do admit he has a great eye. But is he one of the best hitters? In my opinion, no, whatsoever. He's not even the best young hitter in the league, and that's incredible. Because in my opinion, the best young hitter in the league. Is Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez is, yes, he is a phenom. And and he's one of those players that people accept him for the role he is. They don't say he's a, oh man, he's one of the best players. No, they say he's one of the best hitters. He's one of the most dominant hitters. And that domination in hitting is what allows people to give him that recognition that he deserves. They don't say, oh man, overall he's just a great player. No, because we know that Jordan lacks field and we know that Jordan doesn't have that speed. But his hitting does make up for that because his hitting is absolutely ridiculous. And it's just impressive for somebody to be under, I think Jordan is 25, 24, under 26 years old and be hitting this well. And it's impressive to be doing that in a lineup where although they are struggling this year, but all the previous years that Jordan has been playing, he has had great players surrounding him, whether it's Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. Like, it's he has all these great players around him, but yet he still comes out at top as one of the, the best hitter in the di- lineup, let me say that. And it is something incredible and something of note that we should take into consideration. And I feel like it's kind of lost onto people how, like, another person that I think is overly hyped. Yes, um, the way I, be, I speak about Fernando Tatis Jr., it may, uh, I don't like him as a player. I'm going to just say that. It, it's just the truth. All he has is hitting and speed. But it's like, I, it's just a confuse. It's just confusing because he had that one stellar year. He had he got that huge contract, and and it's just he is the most baffling one because he has the worst defense of the bunch. And I I just feel like right now they're saying oh man he he's doing all right in the outfield but it's like I just feel like he hasn't been challenged in the outfield, and. I, he he truly is an overrated player because he's not hitting as well, and yes, all the controvert controversy and then people saying oh he's going against all this um uh, uh I don't know how to say all this um uh, who knows uh but he's going against every everybody doubting him and all that but it's like we should have a right to doubt him like 
a lot of people, studios, they say, oh man, you can't like, don't, uh, whenever a player's doing bad, you can't like hate on it. But it's like, if you celebrate a player for doing good, the same thing should be applied when a player is doing ridiculously bad. When he gets exposed, when he's not doing as well, I do not consider hitting a home run every here and then as impressive. I do not consider having a, a low average and doing, and not doing well, like, because the Padres are doing horrible. They have, they literally have the most, on paper, a whole bunch of what, what people call, this is also another discussion that I need to, that should be spoken about more often. Calling people a future Hall of Famer when they don't even have 10 years, not even 8 years in the show. And it's kind of ridiculous. Like, Manny Machado, yes, he is on track to be a future Hall of Famer. Okay, but Fernando Tatis isn't a future Hall of Famer yet. You cannot say that Juan Soto is not a future Hall of Famer. Like, you can't say, like, even Ronald Acuna, how well he's playing, he is not a future Hall of Famer. You can't say, you can't tell these people that have only been playing, that have been playing less than six seasons of service time less than six seasons of overall playing as future hall of famers and it's kind of ridiculous because if this season was their last year playing they would not be a hall of famer and that's what people should consider when you're considering a future hall of famer it should be in consideration to if their if their career ended this season how how high in the ballot would they be? How would they even be considered for the ballot? How many votes would they get? And it's just it just comes to a point where I, I understand that the MLB wants all this star power, but a lot of the best players aren't, like, the majority of the best players that people don't speak about aren't the stars of the game. And and, and it's just true, like, we're still relying on the stars of the last generation, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, like, these are some of the top stars in the game, and just because you want to introduce these exciting young stars does them does not and it, I just find that it is unfair that the MLB will promote these players when they are even on their own team they are not the best player and it's kind of ridiculous and shameful for that to happen because it happens in every sport if that person doesn't have that star power like okay it's about who's the best as I understand it's about who's the best at the game, and I understand that it's a business, but it just seems kind of ridiculous when you want this business to be successful, when you don't have the best people at the forefront. You not having the best people at the forefront is crazy, and I just think that that, that, that in itself lends itself to a lot of the hate that people get, because you see these stars struggling, and then you go like, oh man, but like, people like... Uh, Ty France is struggling this year too, but people like Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt wasn't really getting recognized until he won the MVP. And that in itself was crazy because no casual is going to be like, oh man, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt. No, they're going to be like, oh, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto. They're going to say all these other names. And it's like a lot of these stars don't get recognition till they win a major award. And I just feel like it's not fair at all that especially when it comes to the all-star game because the best players do not play in the all-star game and that is the craziest thing to me it is the most popular players that play in the all-star game 
and uh, and it, it's honestly just a big popularity contest contest because a lot of the, all these people that people are recommending are just people that would do well like in front of people and it's just something that has to stop us but we need to see the best people competing we need to see the best people get that recognition we don't need to see all these people that have the potential to be a star no we need those stars that are going under are that are under the radar that should be getting that recognition because if you ask anybody who is not a baseball fan and they're just casually and they've been casually watching since 2017 they are not gonna think that DJ LeMahieu is a great hitter when for two seasons he was one of the best hitters in the league. They are not going to think that Freddie Freeman is one of the best hitters till he won with the Braves. And 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 that is something that truly has to stop. It's a we have to stop all this separation of big markets, all this separation of star power, all this separation of oh man, he doesn't got what it takes. No, just let the game speak for itself. Because if somebody is hitting at an 800 OPS, okay, they're good. But if somebody's hitting at a 900 OPS and they're not considered a star, I just find it kind of ridiculous. And just kind of a double standard because when it, if it was anybody else other than Fernando Tatis that had... Okay, let's say it was... um Who... What is a reference point that we could use? Oh, let's say his own teammate, CJ Crone. If he, so because CJ Crone, when that, uh, let's say he had an 870 OPS that season, and oh man, he got injured, and then while coming back from injury, they he popped for performing for PEDs. He would not be getting the same amnesty that Fernando Tatis is getting because he hasn't gotten it hard at all. And it is ridiculous that people are saying that, oh, man, he's getting a tough time. He hasn't gotten a tough time at all because everybody is just going to his defense. Oh, man, he made a mistake. He's young. No, he didn't make a mistake. He knew what he was doing. He knew that that what 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 he used was going to help him recover. He knew that what. He was going to help him play better in the game. He knew that that was going to enhance his performance. There was, There's no mistake about it. So people got to stop sugarcoating and take it for it is. Because if it was anybody else but a star that was doing this, it wouldn't be all this, oh man, it was just a mistake. No, they would say exactly the same thing. So stop caping for him and take and let him take responsibility because he came into the team as if nothing. And look at the team because I said it last year when they made it far without him. And I said it the year previous, that team is better off without him. They are a significantly better team without him. They play better without him. The more in the clubhouse is better without him. And I said it when he was playing in the infield and defense. His bad defense caused that team to be bad. And when he went out and Hassan Kim took over for him, that is when the team truly tapped into that potential. And now what they're doing, they're just trying to, all that potential they had as a team, all they're trying to do is surround stars around themselves. Xander Bogarts, he does not fit on that team. He is a great player, but putting him with Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, and Juan Soto, who also does not fit on the team. And if he comes back to this team during his free agency and accepts a contract, it will truly be a tragedy because he will never live up to the stats and to what he can do. And that truly is something sad that a lot of teams just pay a whole bunch of stars that don't fit whatsoever like 
if the Padres go for Shohei Otani, that would make zero sense. Clogging up your team. Like, a lot of these teams don't bring anybody. Like, people complain about the Mets, but the Mets literally have blocked nobody from playing. All their high, highly played players are people that just benefit the team. The pitchers, Verlander, Scherzer, who account for $80 million of their payroll alone 80 million plus of their payroll alone perfectly fit because it's your one and two in that rotation francisco lindor who is a great shortstop and he will always be a great defensive shortstop accounts for 30 million of that and guess what everybody else is all around the field it's not oh man we got two shortstops that cost this much we have two third base no it's all evenly spread you buying a whole bunch of stars that are only bat first is crazy. So that's talking with Sway about the star effect and everything. I'll try to release another episode. No, I'll release two more episodes this week. So stay tuned and hopefully I don't disappoint. Thanks, guys.